4: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get
5: your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR.
2: listening to Fox Sports Radio.
5: What up, Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. We are 1 day away from football. Huh? Whoop! 1 day away from football. Yep, I said it. 1 single solitary day. Hope you're having a good one. This is the Doug Gottlieb show broadcasting live from Southern California here on Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app, and of course you can uh download um, you can uh, uh, download the podcast as soon as this show is done and when you download that podcast you can listen hour by hour or in its entirety plus you can download the all ball podcast I think we'll record that tomorrow as we'll check out the Clippers tonight and react to it tonight lot to get to tomorrow Texans Chiefs NFL football kicks off that's pretty awesome pretty great, pretty stellar, pretty outstanding, right? It's like, doesn't it feel like it's been forever? The last major sporting event we had was the Super Bowl in Miami. So it was, like, yeah, we didn't have, we didn't have an NSA tournament. I right? didn't have a master's, you know, and then we've had whatever you want to call this baseball season. Now you have basketball in the bubble. And then when they're in the playoffs, it's not like a, you know, it doesn't feel as big as I think NFL football is going to feel. And you have Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, the two highest paid players in the National Football League, two elite level quarterbacks. That's going to be pretty good tomorrow night, right? Pretty awesome. We're not going to see Giannis Antetokounmpo in the conference finals. The Bucks were eliminated last night as Giannis sat because of his sprained ankle. There's going to be a lot of discussions in this offseason. Giannis on some level at this point has shut it down right that when he sees a wall he wants to go through it that's what he told Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports the idea is Giannis though he's under contract next year this is the offseason where he can sign the supermax if you sign the supermax you're saying I'm all in doesn't mean he couldn't be traded but you don't really have any leverage other than I just won't play anymore. And Giannis doesn't seem like that kind of guy. If he signs, a, if he signs a who Max, like he's staying. And there's a lot of people who will come out and say, Hey, you got to get a better team. You got to change coaches. You got to change offenses, you know, or Giannis needs to go in and ask to be traded. Giannis needs to be traded to the golden state warriors, the Oklahoma city thunder, the New York Knicks, the LA Lakers. We do this in life a lot now, right? Like when your kid gets in trouble in school. When I got in trouble in school, there was hell to pay. My dad was a basketball coach turned marketer for uh, my mom and dad had a, a hospital medical office building interior design firm. And I will never forget my room in my house growing up was at the front of my house. Right, so, like, there's a little walkway from the, from the driveway, and it was like curved, you know. And my dad would get out of his car. He, he drove a Buick, and he clunk, you know. It's not like Buick doors close like a glove, right? It's pretty clunky. Close that Buick door. And when he'd do so, when he closed that Buick door, I'd hear his feet shuffling because he kind of dragged his feet a little bit. And he had these floor shine shoes. And when I heard that with him walking, and he also, he had always oh, had change in his pocket. Remember changes in your pocket? Like, I have no, what, is, what are you talking about change? Changes, those are those things. Like, oh, yeah. Dollars and dollars of quarters in his pocket. I don't know if he was playing the slot machines or what he was doing. But I knew when he walked in that it would be something like, blah, 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 blah. ba blah, 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 blah. ba blah, 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 blah. Ah, Right. That was my mom and my dad, my door closed, knowing my dad was getting the info on whatever had happened and I was getting in trouble and there was going to be either grounding, you know, you lose something he'd take away the video games or worse the spanking or something like that. Right. Like th- that was my life. Now a kid gets in trouble and the parent immediately emails the principal and tries to find out if there's something wrong with the teacher. A kid doesn't play in the second half of an AU game and the coach is blamed. We, we fail to have any sort of accountability towards our children. I don't know if it's because of the heavy handedness by which we were raised or it's just, we love our kids or we just, we think of people have abused power for years. I don't know, but we don't teach people accountability. I think that's the biggest thing. It's like, look, there are lots of people who you can blame for your lot in life, but the people who are most successful go like, you know what? I, I, I got to get better relationship ends and you can blame the other person. They did this. They did that. But at some point you got to look yourself in the mirror and go, what did I do? What did I do? It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're super flawed. It means you're actually a human. And what can I do? And to learn either fix that relationship or get another one. Right. You got to, on some level, be accountable and understand your own flaws, your own misgivings. We do this in, in real sports. We do this inside locker rooms. We do it inside coaches offices. We do it. Hey, we got to be better. But we don't do this when we cover sports because the same people who don't spank or believe in corporal punishment towards their children don't, who are the ones who call the principal instead of discussing things with the teacher and how to fix their child, those are the same people who are commenting on sports. When Giannis's team gets knocked out of the playoffs, so much of the discussion is about what the Bucs have to do. Get rid of Budenholzer. Get rid of Eric Bledsoe. Bring in a point guard. Or Giannis needs to go in and go, hey, I'm out. Don't sign that extension. Instead, say, trade me right effing now. Right? That, that's what we do. But you know what the truth of it is? Accountability. Giannis has got to get better. He shot 69% on field goals of five feet or less. 69%. All shots, and this is in the playoffs, in the bubble this year, all shots outside of five feet, 36%. I'm not talking about three-pointers. I'm not talking about, you know, End of half, end of game situation where he's just chucking them up. I'm saying five feet or more, 36%. You can tell me all these other things about up, but Mike Budenholzers teams don't win the playoffs. You know, they they should have kept Brogdon instead. They they kept Bledsoe. You can tell me all these other things. Those are fine. Those, they are accurate on some level. But you know what? If he makes shots outside of five feet, it's really, really, really impossible to guard him. But we don't do that. We make it about the Bucks, about Bud, about Bledsoe, about Brooke Lopez, you know, about not having a second star when the team is completely built around him. And oh yeah, by the way, like on some level, I, I understand rolling your ankle is kind of a freak thing, but even that can be minimized if you do ankle strengthening. Giannis Antetokounmpo's ability to be an NBA champion is going to come strictly down to work ethic. I don't know if it's because he's built his body or what's happened, but his shot is further from his head than it used to be. He has a little hitch in it, and it is not good. And the proof is in the statistical pudding. So I, I think when you when you think of it, you think of you know my dad walking in, floor shine shoes, changing pocket, ready to, to smack some sense into me. Like that level of, hey, I don't care what the teacher said. I don't care what Johnny did. It, you know, if he gave you a wet willy, doesn't mean you can haul off and hit him in the face. I feel like our parents taught us to be a little bit more accountable than we do to our own children. And, you know, Michael Jordan was a guy who had to get better. Had to, We we talked so much about Phil Jackson. Well, all Phil Jackson had to do is convince Michael Jordan to pass the basketball. Give him space, convince him to pass the ball. Jordan had to get better as a shooter, he did. Magic had to get better as a shooter, he did. Coming up next, uh, the Rockets are exactly who you thought they are. And that's fine. But it's not good enough. I'll t- explain that next.
2: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, boy, I was I was looking at this and um, I thought to myself, the the Rockets are interesting. You know, th- Everybody who covers and has played in the NBA, they all say, well, you know, playoffs is about adjustments. And you can change your defensive rotation some, you know. As the Lakers um, used a lot more of yesterday, there's something called a slot cut. Uh, The slot is the area on the basketball floor in between the free throw line extent and the top of the key. It's called the slot. When the ball is in the post, or on the weak side, or on the strong side, you know, on the wing. And, you know, Kyle Kuzma cuts to the basket from that area. That's called a slot cut. It, it, it causes the defense to uh, have to pick up a cutter and start to rotate and show its weakness and open up on the weak side for the offense. So you could change some of those things. The Lakers had to make a decision. Do we stay big or do we go small? They went small to match up. Rondo and at times Caruso, along with LeBron and Anthony Davis. And you, then you pick up by KCP or Kyle Kuzma or whatever. You know, you don't play Dwight Howard. You barely play JaVale McGee. It, it goes counter to that old argument that I think the Rockets are actually using, which is yeah, did you, if you played football as a kid, a buyer I guarantee has heard this because buyer and I are similar age. He grew up in the Midwest, he played football. I guarantee Dan buyer has heard this line. You know, if we do what we do well, they'll have to adjust, right? Football coaches used to say that all the time. Well, we do, what yes. we do well. And, you know, <laughs> yes.
6: Men, if we execute and we do what we do well, We'll win. Oh, yeah! The, the motto of the triple option, you know, if we do right. it well, yep, they can't stop
5: us. They're the ones that, yep. Right. I mean, like, look, here's old school football thinking. Um, Daryl Royal is the longtime famous coach, the University of Texas, right? And Daryl Royal was the one who came up with the saying, "When you throw a football, only three three things can happen, and two of them are bad," right. The truth is when you throw a football, actually four things can happen and three of them are bad, right? You can get sacked. You can throw an interception. You can throw a touchdown or you complete a pass. I mean, I guess you could also implement an incomplete pass. That's five things. I don't know what – but I understand what he's saying, right? You can throw an interception um, or you could, you could you know, complete a ball and you can also fumble. Like there's a bunch of things that can happen. But that, that's the old school way of thinking where the truth is when you run the football – you get stuck behind the line of scrimmage. You can fumble. You can you know you can gain yards. You get no gain. Like there's a bunch of things that can happen when you run a football, and many of them are bad. But football, especially, it's like we do what we do well and we'll, we'll we'll win. Okay, right, right, got it. Um, so I I I remember when the Spurs played against the Mavericks way back when the playoffs and the Mavericks were underdogs and they went small. And the Spurs couldn't match up to them. And the Spurs tried to do what they do well. But the truth is with the Rockets, like they kind of are who they are. Once you took away big guys, there is no pick and roll. Like there isn't. There's kind of take them offense, right? Like, or you screen for each other to try and get a mismatch and then it's take them offense. I'm going to go one-on-one. and If help comes, I'll try and find your guy. If help doesn't come, I'm going to shoot. They are who they are. The Lakers did not let them off the hook. Again, another football expression, but that was late Denny Green. They are who they are. It's just, there's no other way to, there, there's no, like, what adju- the adjustments they're going to make are to their defense, to their offense. Like, that's so that you can't, well, I, I remember this discussion with when the Clippers had Chris Paul and those guys, like, well, they need more of a ball movement offense. Like, okay, we well, have DeAndre Jordan. Do you want him handling the ball? They have JJ Reddick. Do you want him handling the ball? Like, no. Blake Griffin was a good ball handler for a big guy, and so was Chris Paul. Like, those are the two guys going to handle the ball more. Why are you going to have I I when Oklahoma City lost to the Golden State Warriors in the playoffs right before Kevin Durant uh left, I remember going on Oklahoma City Radio. Hey, how come they don't have a ball movement offense? Okay, are well, you gonna pass to to Stephen Adams? Like, is that is that your plan? Andre Robertson, who no one guards? Like, is that your plan? Yeah, you're going to have to do better. Serge Ibaka can shoot, but he can't pass. You put the ball in the two guys, best guys' hands, spread out, and you know you have to have more cutting and movement and whatever, but you can't do it if you don't have five people that can handle the ball. The, the Rockets have five people that can handle. They have no pick and roll. They have no post-up guys, really. Westbrook a little bit. They just kind of are what they are. And it's not diverse enough to win when it matters. It's diverse enough to get an upset or two, but not to win when it matters.
2: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
5: Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Dana Jeremiah will join us in a second. As as we continue to, uh, to get ready for an NFL season, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see exactly what happens tomorrow night between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans the Neil Hunter injury is interesting because they just traded for a super talented defensive end on the other side of Neil Hunter. So maybe it doesn't hurt as bad that way. Although that was kind of the plan when you have a new defensive backfield. Huh? Um, I, I have lots of questions. Uh, mostly I just want to see some football, but I, I wonder how much of a true snapshot, um, how much of a true snapshot will uh, will we see in the first couple weeks of the season? No preseason games, uh, limited scrimmages, limited live action, and uh, there's a lot of moving pieces, and it's going to be hard to tell what's what and who's who and how good anybody actually is. Dana Jeremiah joins us, Move the Sticks is the podcast. DJ, what do you think early season football looks like?
8: I think it's going to be a little bit sloppy. I think that's, it's always a little bit sloppy early in the season in a normal year, and now you can expect that it's going to be a lot sloppy. I, I, I think we're going to have a couple teams that come out um, and look great, but the majority of teams are going to really struggle. And it, what I mean by that is I think you'll see a couple teams that have a lot of continuity that are going to take advantage of this situation. I think they're going to come out and go at warp speed. Um, and go really really fast and force uh these teams to communicate and stay up with them on the other side of the ball where they might have some new coaches and new guys um but I think that's going to be the exception the norm's going to be um you're going to see a lot of pre-snap penalties and you're going to see a bunch of missed tackles but um you know look it's I'll, I'll t- after uh after what the whole world's been through I mean if the worst thing is we get a little ugly football for a few weeks I'll be I'll be just fine with that
5: Uh, Let's get ready for tomorrow night. Um, Deshaun Watson's contract, like, does this in any way vindicate his head coach, Bill O'Brien, for the moves that he made, including trading away his top wide receiver?
8: You know, I'm I'm anxious to see how it all comes together. I, I, you know, I, I, I didn't like the compensation they got for, for trading DeAndre Hopkins. I didn't love that, but I actually think they have a chance to be better offensively. Um, they have a true identity with all the speed that they've added. It's the first time – I know people kind of snicker because it's been a while since he's been a big-time player, but it's the first time they've had a real slot receiver like, like Randall Cobb, um, and they've got, a, they've got a, the way to spread the football around a lot more and not be so singularly focused on one guy. I think that's going to make Deshaun a better quarterback than he was with Hopkins. So I think when we look back on that, that they might be vindicated a little bit there, and I think this is an offensive line – that forever was just awful. And now it's, you know, I think a lot of people are saying, you know, this is is, uh, the best offensive line uh, that Deshaun's played behind this coming season. And I think almost, to me, it almost undersells it. That's like you're saying it's the best of the worst. I I think this offensive line, if they stay healthy talent-wise, is one of the you know seven to ten best offensive lines in football, which is uh, which is going to be fun to watch. I, I'm, I'm actually excited about the Houston Texans. I think they're going to be better than people think.
5: All right, what about the Chiefs? I think we remember the comebacks, we remember the wins. It was kind of a mixed bag last season. Part of it was Pat Mahomes was hurt, um, yeah. but in spite of the fact their defense was better. Their offense production was not as good since they, you know, since they got rid of Kareem Hunt, they haven't run the football. Now, Damien Williams was a star in the in the Super Bowl is not there. What do, what do the Chiefs look like this year?
8: Uh, I think they're going to be dynamic, Doug, and I, I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to—he's uh, just going to fit in there beautifully. He's a space player, and not only as a receiver but as a runner. Um, just get him in a little bit of an alley; he can make people miss. And this offense, because of the speed and because of Mahomes' arm it's going to create a ton of space for him. So, um, you know, I, I think, you know, he's he's a little bit different than Kareem Hunt and not quite as big, but uh, but I think you're going to see that same type of impact that they haven't really had since Hunt left.
5: Dana Jeremiah joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. In their division, some people like the Raiders. Do you?
8: Oh, I think the Raiders are going to be a good football team. I think they're going to be better. Um, I, I think behind the Chiefs, it's pretty wide open um in that division and you know i think the chargers are going to be in every game I mean, they're not going to turn the ball over they're going to play great defense i think uh you know the denver broncos the von miller thing was a big blow and then from what i was you know hearing this morning it sounds like the bradley chubb's not a for sure thing to be ready to go so um i think i think the raiders and the chargers are the two teams that are going to kind of battle it out for that second spot behind the broncos um, but i still think even you know, though I think those teams are all improved, I still think the gap with Kansas City is pretty decently wide.
5: Yeah, I would. I'd kind of tend to agree with that one as well. Daniel Jeremiah, our guest on the Fox on Fox Sports, trading the Doug Gottlieb show here. Um, okay, let, let's let's sprinkle around the league a little bit. Uh, the AFC East is suddenly up for grabs. You have the Dolphins. Peter King has them winning the division and going far in the playoffs, right? You have the yep. Jets, who actually finished well. But, I like, Chris Hogan is one of their starting wide receivers? Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't I, – I actually still like Sam Darnold a ton. I just – he does not have a ton to work with. No. And Buffalo made the playoffs again last year. But, you know, there's still – Josh Allen's still Josh Allen. Can we know who he is? Give me your sense of that AFC East.
8: I'm still sticking with the Patriots. Um, I, I just think when you look at – you know, Belichick being there, Belichick's not going to be in charge of a terrible defense. I don't care how many guys that opted out, they're still going to be solid on that side of the ball, uh, especially in the secondary. I think they've got a chance to be really good. And then, you know, what makes you see the experiment here with Cam and how that works out? Everything I've heard has been really positive. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a 10 and 6 division. You know, I think that gets it done this year. And uh, I would still stick with the Patriots. I think the Jets will be a little bit better than people think. I think their offensive line's much better. But they just don't have the they just don't have the horses on the outside at this point in time uh, to be able to you know to put together consistent offense. So I'm with you. I like Sam. I'm in on Sam. But they're another year away from really having you know the pieces in place for him to really take off. The
5: AFC North is uh, always a, a a brutally physical division. Let's go with the Cleveland Browns, who have a lot of talent. They've done a lot of the mm-hmm. right things. Where do they fit in that mix with Pittsburgh, great defense, with the Ravens who had the best record in football last year? Where are they in that discussion?
8: Well, I think that division is going to get three playoff teams. So, you know, I I just think when you look at it, I like Pittsburgh to win the division. I think with their defense is going to be the best defense in football, and Roethlisberger doesn't have to be great. He just has to be good, and I think he will be. I think the Browns have personnel that you can stack up with anybody. I just trust the Steelers a little bit more, but you know I think the Ravens get back into the postseason, and I think the Browns join them. But to me, I actually like Pittsburgh as the class of that division. Why? The defense. I mean, their defense is going to be suffocating, and they have difference makers at all three levels. They can rush the passer from inside. They get Stefan Tuitt back. Um, you look at T.J. Watt as a you know, legitimate defensive player of the year candidate, Minka Fitzpatrick, legitimate defensive player of the year candidate, and they got Devin Bush in year two, who's, who's a dynamic player. They they have dudes all over the field on defense, and I, I saw that team was a, basically a 500 team last year with, with Duck Hodges. you try trying to tell me that Ben Roethlisberger is not going to get you three or, three or four more wins? Um, even if he's not the Ben that we last saw, it doesn't have to be. Their defense is going to have them in every single football game.
5: Um, Okay, we we look at the NFC East. Uh, Last year, in spite of all the injuries, the Eagles found a way to get to the playoffs. Now they are healthier. Are they the class of the division?
8: Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I think the Cowboys have the best roster right now when you factor in health. Um, so I I like the Cowboys in that division. I think it's all set up for Dak to have a good year. Um, you know, I just look at the weapons that they have. I know the offensive line isn't what it was, but when you look at the Eagles and you take out, you know, two fifths of their offensive line before the season starts, including in my opinion, you know, the, the best, if not the best one of the two or three best guards in all of football, I guess you'd have Quentin Nelson one, but Brandon Brooks is phenomenal. Um, that's, that's a big loss for them. So, Uh, You know, the Eagles always kind of find their way, and uh, I think they can find their way into the postseason. But I think the Cowboys, with what they have, uh, you know, roster wise, I think Mike Nolan's going to make a big difference as a defensive coordinator. I like the Cowboys.
5: Uh, Okay, Mike Nolan, of course, famously. His dad was the coach of the Niners, he was the coach of the Niners. I use that to segue to the NFC West. What do you think of the contract that was at least announced today? The, the biggest contract in the history of the cornerback position was given to Jalen Ramsey. Uh, what's your reaction?
8: Well, I mean, I, he had ultimate leverage, you know, when, when you make that trade and you give up the assets that they gave up, they have no choice but to, you know, but to get the deal done. So um, him and his agent did a great job of maximizing that leverage and, and got a huge deal. And when he's locked in, Especially when you can let him press and, and just kind of play nose to nose, he's as good as it gets. Um, you know, he'll have a, some lapses in concentration every now and then, but he's, you know, he's arguably the best press corner with Stephon Gilmore uh, in the National Football League. So, you know, I, I get the, the fact you have a great player, but uh, as much as he is a great player, this was just having the ultimate leverage.
5: I don't understand why he had so much leverage, though. Right? Like, I, I get at the time when you trade for him, hey, we're going to give you a new contract. But the idea you have to give him the biggest contract in the history of the position—I don't understand that leverage.
8: Well, the leverage is you just gave up two first-round picks. Are you really going to? Are you really going to threaten that you're going to let this guy walk? Yes. Um, it's not going to. Yes. It's not going to happen. I know it's no, not going to do that. Yes. So it's, yeah, when you when you give up those types of assets, everybody in the room knows that you're not going to move on from him. We know you've told us your thoughts on the player. Uh, by what you gave up to get him. So that's that's why, you know, was a lot of people talked about it at the time, right? You try and get that deal done if you can um as the trade is getting done, but uh, we've seen it with Laramie Tunsil that didn't happen and and uh and he broke the bank and now you see it with Ramsey breaking the bank as well. So um you, you, just, as, you well. Your Mac hand. Mac as well. Same thing Yeah, Cleo but that Mac. trade but that deal got done. Done the, the Cleo the trade was right. done as it was right. going. Yeah. So this was a little bit different than that, but you know, it's it's the same thing. We're going to see the same thing with Jamal Adams. You know, Jamal Adams is going to absolutely break the bank because of the same exact reasoning.
5: Um, I, I'm I'm interested in that division now. Um, obviously, we both think San Francisco is loaded, coming off of a Super mm-hmm. Bowl. Both of us like the Arizona Cardinals. I think you especially you've talked about them. Seattle, you know, you talked about Jamal Adams and some of the deals they put together to go along with Russell Westbrook. And now you have Greg Olson at tight end, who, as long as he's not hurt, you know, at that age, he's got he's a solid. Super smart, tight end. Like, that's still a good football team. Uh, and then you have the Rams, who would have made the playoffs last year with this expanded playoff format. Who do you like?
8: Well, I'm, uh, I'm kind of going out on a limb here with, uh, with Arizona as the second team in that division this year. So I'll stick with the Niners as the, the class. But I think the Arizona Cardinals surprise people. And that's based off the formula that I always use, which is just quarterback and pass rush. And I think they're really good in those two spots. Um, it is, you know, look. It's going to be a very competitive division with with Seattle and the Rams. I think Russ has got, you know, a, a really good group around him to have a big year. I just, I don't really have anybody that I really fear on that defense like you used to, you know, back in the day. So I, I don't know that that's going to be the traditional Seattle defense that you see there. So that's why I like Arizona to kind of surprise some people and sneak into that second spot.
5: The NFC North, uh, the Green Bay Packers do have some injuries. Um, and have a first-round pick that, as you discussed, and I kind of echoed, Jordan Love's a, pr- a project, right? He's a project, so that's yep. why he's a third-string quarterback. No OTAs, no rookie minicamp. We shouldn't be surprised by it. Um, give me your sense of the NFC North.
8: I, I like the, uh, you know, I like the Minnesota Vikings in that division. I, you know, I, I just think when you look at, at Gary Kubiak stepping into that role as the play caller and with. You know, an offensive line that just is, was really built to run that system, the wide zone. They're very, very athletic up front, with, led by Bradbury, their center. So um, I think Dalvin Cook man, stays healthy. He'll have a very big year. I like that, that offense. I know they have a bunch of young players in the secondary, but Mike Zimmer, I think he even, he even joked and said he's never coached a bad defense. Um, so I think they'll figure that out and get those guys up and running. Um, and then I know everybody's on Detroit. I, I, I don't necessarily share that. I think Detroit and Chicago were kind of, you know, seven, eight win type teams. And the Packers, I think, you know, are going to find a way with Aaron Rodgers to get into the postseason as a, you know, a tennis type wins team.
5: The Packers will be a 10 win team because they, yep. they won so many close games last year. They won't win as many close games this year.
8: Yeah, I think they, they drop a couple. Um but yeah, look, they're they're still with Devontae Adams and uh and Aaron Rodgers, you're gonna score points. So they're gonna score points. I like their pass rush. Um, but I just don't think I think Minnesota's a more complete team.
5: Yeah, uh, although you just see Daniel Hunter's out for a couple weeks. I don't know if you saw that that news. Uh,
8: that's uh, that's fresh off the uh, press for me. I have not seen that yet.
5: Yeah, Daniel Hunter uh, uh, injured, going to miss. Like the I said,
8: I like the Packers. I like the Packers, Doug. You know, I think you just <laughs> go with the Packers in
5: that division. Uh, uh, NFC South. Um, you know, the the, the Saints are going to re-sign Alvin Kamara, big deal. Do it to a yeah. big deal. They They have Michael Thomas. Um, They have Jameis as a as a as a cheap, cheap backup, right? They're still going to play kind of two quarterbacks with Taysom Hill as that change of pace. And obviously their defense has improved leads and bounds. Then you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady. They've added pieces in Leonard Fournette and and Rob Gronkowski and others. And then you have Atlanta that seemed to change for the better when Raheem Morris took over the defense. What do you think of the Mm -hmm. NFC South?
8: Uh, going to the season, Doug, I, I'm still sticking with the Saints. I think you can put their roster as a top three roster in the league. I, th- I love the defense. Um, I love all the different players they have there uh, along that defensive front. Um, they've got a talented secondary. I, I just, I'm just i a believer in them. I think Drew Brees, this is his last go-around here. I don't think he has to be great. I think he has to be good. Um, I think they win the division. And I actually like the Atlanta Falcons in the second spot there. I think just some of the continuity – um, that they have, and I, I think Tampa can get off to a hot start. I'm just not convinced that Brady's going to be able to sustain it on, on the back nine uh, of the season. I just think, uh, you know, look, when you get to that age, we saw it last year. He didn't yep. look at the same quarterback in the second half of the year. I think we'll see the same thing this year.
5: I'm, I'm with you. Should be great. I uh, Can't wait to see you on the NFL Network. Hear you calling Charger games in a beautiful, brand-new Empty stadium, um, Daniel uh-huh. Jeremiah, DJ. Thanks for joining us. Congrats on the Padres. I noticed some snark coming from your tweets regarding the Padres. I love it. Bit. I love it. You've, you've earned it. You've been a Padres fan even when they've stunk. Now they're good. I mean, you know, they're still not close to being the Dodgers coming. or anything, huh?
8: Well, that's all right. That's all right. I mean, I'm just I'm letting the the Dodgers to sleep until we see them in the second round of the playoffs. The, uh, the I want you to appreciate this interview though, Doug, for the fact that I was sandwiched in between the Roomba inside. But then I had, I had the neighbor's lawn guy mowing outside. So I oh. was kind of sandwiched between the two sounds and trying to find the perfect spot so that it wouldn't uh, drive you and your listeners nuts. So it was a delicate balancing act today. But I, think I, I, I do
5: appreciate that. My, my son has hit me up on my computer because there's some fantasy football draft that he wants to register for, his buddies are having. He's like, I need your computer and your email because it's sent to you. I'm like, dude, I'm interviewing Daniel Jeremiah right now. So <laughs> when we go to break, that will take place.
8: There we go. All multitasking. That's all you got
5: to do. DJ, great stuff. Thanks for joining us.
8: See
5: you, bud. Bye. All right. That's uh, Daniel Jeremiah. Has playoff rondo finally arrived? Fox Sports Radio has the best
2: sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
4: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
5: podcasts. Let's get to what the Fox said. And now. (laughs) What's up, the Fox say? This is Nick Wright from First Things First talking about
6: Rajon Rondo in the playoffs. Rajon Rondo has not been – it's not that he's been okay in the two regular seasons he's played with the Lakers. In the two regular seasons he's played with the Lakers, he has been the worst player on the team. The worst plus minus. Oh, no. There's no lineup that has worked. No, hold on. Wait, I'm going to bring this around. And I had no – to me, I had no choice but to believe that is who he was at this point. There were folks, it is a very eclectic group, there's a college professor at Grand Valley State, Lou Moore, who I follow on Twitter, who loves playoff Rondo, Kendrick Perkins, who uh, adores playoff Rondo, and Kevin Wilds, that triumvirate, have just been trying to beat into my brain, just wait for the postseason, wait for the postseason. And then the postseason comes around, he's hurt, and then his first game in the playoffs that he plays, the Lakers lose and he looks terrible. I'm like, okay. He is what he is at this point in his career. And then, Brandon, something happened in these last two games to where I I might have to open my mind up that playoff Rondo really is still a thing.
5: Hmm. That's interesting. Look, I, I thought uh, Rondo was really good last night. And what's weird about Rondo is I've been told by people at the Lakers that, even though he's never been a very good shooter, he actually wins their shooting drills. And last night, you make a couple of shots and everything else kind of opens up. You go back two nights ago when they, or three nights ago, I guess, when they played in the playoffs. And he he was terrible in the first half. He was solid in the second half, especially on the defensive end of the floor. The, the question with older players is not, can they do it once or twice? It's can they sustain it? And, and that's really the question for, for Rondo, right? That's really kind of what it comes down to. I, w- I would also point out that we're comparing him to guys who, you know, like, who's not playing? Well, J.R. Smith isn't playing and Deion Waiters isn't playing, right? Those are guys who are out of the NBA. So, of course, he's going to be better. Like we're not saying when we say Rondo has been bad, it's not like he's been out of the league bad, but close to. And they would have cut him had they been able to get Darren Collison to sign. I just I think it's what we're comparing. We're comparing him to his own numbers who have been putrid, and we're comparing him to uh, right now other players who aren't even playing. You know, for the team, right? Like Rondo, obviously. Look, three games in, twenty eight minutes, thirteen points. Most of that was last night. Uh, seven and a half assists, and and the per rating is high, but but a lot of that is they're playing a small lineup, they're allowing him to be himself, and you know they they sometimes got to hide, and how they attack with him and Caruso in the game at the exact same time because neither are particularly good shooters. I, I realize Rondo made some threes last night, and that goes counter to the argument that he's not a shooter, but we have enough data to tell you in his last ten games he's a sixteen percent three point shooter, even if he shot. You know, he's shooting 48 percent, 40 percent from three in the bubble so far in the playoffs. Like, look, he played really well last night. Let's not freak out. And every time a guy plays well, we go, let's play off Rondo. Sometimes it's just a good game.
6: Ah! Uh, I was
5: Nick Wright earlier today. Um, you know, what's funny. I, this this actually is for for buyer more than Ron, for, m- more than you, Ramos. Byer, do you think if I walked down the street and I said, Washington Nationals, how do you think they're doing this year? People would have any idea how they're doing this year? No, none. I'd, I'd, I'd guess that they would say that they're, uh, they're having a pretty good year. Yeah, pretty good. Right? Bryce Harper still played for them? Go, oh, no, no, he left. He won the World Series. Ramos, do you know how they're Mac- doing? Yeah, they're, they're not doing very well. I think they're in last place. They're in last place. Yeah. What are you going to say, Bayer?
6: Max Scherzer, that's what they would say. Max yeah, Scherzer.
5: Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer, awesome. Two colored eyes. Two different colored eyes. Like, Arizona being the last place, a mm, little surprising. Pittsburgh being the last place, like, crazy surprising, right? Cincinnati, who everybody loved, 18 and 24. Nationals are 16 and 25. 16 and 25. Just stunning. Also, the Red Sox, 15 and 29. Right. Red Sox and Nationals are the two teams that if you went up to the common man and said, like, how do you think they're doing this? You're like, oh, man, can't wait to that next series with the Yankees. Can't wait to that next series for the Nationals when they take on the Phillies. Right? Real, like, in the we don't pay attention to baseball, I think we pay attention to the top and the Dodgers being awesome, uh, although the Yankees have hit a tough, tough spot. I don't think we pay attention to the bottom. George Carl joins the show upcoming next. We'll get his take. On Playoff Rondo, next in the Doug Gottlieb Show.